Hello, friends, and welcome to Do Your Part, a podcast that focuses on all the good things in life, uh, all those people who are out there every day trying to make the world a better place. Uh, I am Lee Sanudo. With me, as always, is Amir Lazani. Amir, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Lee. Nice, Glad man. Glad to get back on the uh, on the cast here, and um, I'm excited for our, our speaker today. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of jealous because you said you got Isla, your daughter, in a, in a camp finally, man, and I just can't wait for that to happen. And I know a lot of other people out there are probably in the same boat. Um, you know, it's, it is great to be around kids all the time and have, have time with your kids, but man, it gets, it gets tough day after day, hour, hour after hour, man. So, uh, how's that working out for you guys? This was a kind of end of week one with her, right? Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Um, so, you know, um, things here in San Diego are, you know, uh, loosening up a little bit. I know obviously there's concerns in other parts of the country with the, um, kind of a second wave of numbers spiking again. Um, but I think, you know, San Diego County, knock on wood, has been fortunate. Um, I think we were one of the uh, few counties or uh, that was actually approved for, you know, uh, I think it was a phase two when everybody else was in phase one. I've, I've kind of lost track of all that, but, um, you know, nonetheless, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of have had an eye out for different camps and stuff and when they would open. Um, and, we've noticed that some are opening. So we were able to uh, get her signed up and yeah. So she started camp this week and um, it's been good for her as well. Obviously, you know, that allows us to have a little bit more of a, you know, normal, normal work day. Um, but it's also good for her as well. You know, be able to go back and interact, you know, with uh, some kids her age and, um, and get out the house for a little bit as well. So. Yeah. That socialization is so crucial, man. And I know that both my kids have been missing that for sure. And it, it is interesting, though, I was reading some stuff this morning about how these states where that didn't get hit hard in the first wave, right, like down in the south, Florida, um, Texas, right, they're now, because it's so hot, right, they're being forced inside, and they're seeing these these numbers spike. And I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, and it makes a little bit of sense, because I also saw a study that was had this uh, kind of hypothesis of correlation of vitamin D with, with COVID cases. Have you seen anything like that? No, actually, you know, um, you know, there's just, there's just so much, um, I, I feel like it's like a fire hydrant every time mm-hmm. you turn on the news or anything about, you know, uh, something new or this and that it's just, you know, I've for the, for the most part, I've just, you know, been put my head down and kind of doing, doing the things of wearing a mask and washing my hands and, you know, wiping right. off the groceries and, you know, limiting our exposure uh, as much as we can, but you know, I, I, you know, I having the newsreel run 24 seven, would just, you know, probably drive me nuts. So <laughs> yeah, I've just been kind of just putting my head down, doing what we need to do on the click to buy and side of things and, um, and just push forward, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is interesting. And, um, and, you know, I don't think we, anybody really quite has the handle on, you know, being able to predict what's next at this point, you know, sure. so I think everything. Uh, at this point, is a little bit of a surprise one way or another, you know, with what's working and what's not, you know, possibly so in different parts of the country. Right, right. Well, and, it, you know, I'll, I'll share the link if it's if it's cool with you on this whole uh, vitamin D study, because I've been I've been upticking since I since I first heard about it a few months ago. Um, and it made a lot of sense when I saw this whole thing about, you know, like take Arizona, for example. Right. 
in January and February, March, like everybody's outside because it's beautiful out. Now it's 110 degrees and all those people are inside most of the day, you know, and not getting their natural vitamin D sources, right? So I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Like if you're, you know, the, the more you're inside, the less you're exposed to getting that, that uh, vitamin D, you know, they, they have a really strong correlation. So go get some vitamin D. And well, then on the flip side of it, I guess if I'm going to be contrarian on this, yeah. if you're inside and you're sheltering, then aren't you also limiting your exposure to getting the virus? So then true. that's the part I'm missing, right? So if you're, if you're now indoors and you're not getting vitamin D, I get that your vitamin D intake is down, but then you're also reducing your exposure to getting the virus because you're indoors now and you're isolating. So, well, yeah, but no, the, the 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 thing is, those states that we're talking about are not isolated. You know what I mean? They're back to they're open. You see, so they're oh, in, they're indoors and they're open, which is the the virus spreads you know rapidly indoors and barely at all outdoors. That's kind of the the thesis gotcha. behind it, right? Um, so I guess if you were going to kind of create a, a visual of, of that of that hypothesis is that when people would come home from work, they would go on a nice walk and soak up some sun. But now because it's so hot, they're not doing this after work walk. They're going right inside and turning on the AC, right, which is leading to their, you know, vitamin D intake going down and, you know, a little exposure before with a high vi- vitamin D, you know, levels may have prevented them from catching the virus but now they're more prone more susceptible to getting it yeah exactly Got so it. so just an interesting stuff there and uh you know i don't i don't know if you take vitamin d but um i've, I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole and it's you know i think five thousand international units a day is is, uh, is a good thing and uh, that's a lot more than most people you know get even if you're in the sun most of the day so um food for thought there yeah i'll tell you what uh it's it, um it's interesting you brought a vitamin d because uh as I'm pretty good about getting my preventative visits done, just, you know, being involved on the uh, health benefit side so much, you know, I, I preach sure. to everyone and all their clients about making sure they get their annual checkups done. So I'm actually, I, I do it. Um, and one thing that consistently pops up on my, uh, on my lab is I'm vitamin D deficient. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing if is there's ever uh, if there's ever more reason to, to really go, you know, buy those additional vitamin D vitamins, uh, you know, and start using them. I guess now would be the time. Yeah. But you, you know, the thing is the study I saw that was, you know, done by a bunch of doctors stated that roughly 80% of the population is severely deficient and only roughly five to 10% have, or have sufficient levels of vitamin D. So it's, it's almost, uh, across the board, real big problem that, uh, yeah. that people should, should take note of. So. Anyway, thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, let's, uh, you know, Eric Nielsen, the, the guest we had on this week, what a, what a great guy. I mean, he's, he's just so, such a great heart and, and just devout to helping others. And I, I just, I always admire that in people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love our interview with him. I mean, he was just so passionate um, about, I mean, he, I would say he's equally passionate about his business as, as he is about the volunteer work that he does, you know? 100%. Uh, and, and, you know, I think he talked more, we had a longer conversation about the charity golf tournament that he's putting together and coordinating <laughs> right. than we did about his business. And that's great, man. I mean, that's kind of what this whole podcast is about, you know? Um, and it was good to hear part of the, you know, I mentioned in the, during the interview as well is, you know, um, we know that coronavirus has brought and interrupted a lot of things in people's lives. Sure. 
you know, with work and so forth. But one thing that was always in the back of my mind is, you know, all of the, you know, the, the volunteer work that was happening and, and the benefactors of all that, you know, how are they dealing with that? Because obviously now it's, you know, you can't go and volunteer as much. And, 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 and that has been kind of some of those, you know, um, options have been put on hold because they may not be able to do it while socially distancing. So what happens to the people that were relying on those outlets, you know, and, um, so it's good to see that, you know, um, that, that they're still pushing forward with the tournament. I know a lot of the, uh, you know, um, charitable tournaments, you know, me and you both like to play golf and we've, we both have our share of, you know, charity golf tournaments that we like to participate with, you know, uh, throughout the year. And, and a lot of those that were in the earlier part have now been postponed to the latter part. So, um, Hopefully we'll find some time to work come September, but um, right. uh, if everything uh, holds true, uh, hopefully they're, um, they're tournament, those tournaments can actually happen. So those benefactors, you know, won't, won't miss out on the, uh, on the end result of those uh, fundraising campaigns. Yeah. You made, that's a great point because they're, you know, having come from the golf industry and, and working at courses that literally probably once a week would have a big, you know, shotgun tournament with a charity benefiting, and here we are, you know, about three months in with none of that happening. So yeah, let's 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 pray that they get some uh, some reprieve and are able to keep that funding going. That's that's a scary thought there, but uh, yeah, I think I think we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully hopefully find a uh, a smooth sailing going forward and get those those charities funded properly. So with uh, with that in mind, man, you got anything else before we roll into Dr. Nielsen's uh, interview here? Yeah, until next week, uh, you know, be well, be healthy, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for our, uh, our next guest uh, next week as well. We got a couple of good lineups. Uh, we've, we've been fortunate enough to have uh, some amazing guests on the show, and uh, and we're continuing that streak. So, um, looking forward to next week as well. Sounds good, bud. All right, take care, folks, and enjoy the interview with Eric Nielsen. Thank you. Welcome to the hood, Eric. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is different. I'll tell you that much for sure. Awesome. It's all different for me. I'm originally from Pittsburgh. My wife's from California originally, so this is all new for me. Cool, man. So, yeah, I mean, transcendent planning, right? That's your day-to-day main focus. Give us a quick, you know, elevator pitch on that and then kind of where how it started and where you are now. Yeah, um, well, transcendent planning kind of started organically. Uh, in a roundabout way. My business partner and I worked together for about 10 years at a, an insurance wholesaler in Newport Beach. Him on the uh, life insurance side and myself on the annuity side. Um, fast forward to 2018 in January, he and I were both interviewing for a position at a company um, and they found out that we both had some similar experience and both worked together. And so they tried to put us together and form uh, a duo uh, for a captive agency. And I'll just say that it wasn't the right fit for us. And so we decided to start our own boutique uh, national marketing organization or brokerage general agency. And over the, basically since 2003, the broker relationships that we've had, we decided to select a small handful of close knit relationships to be able to partner with. And I hate to use the Jerry Maguire sort of uh, cliche, but uh, less is better being a little bit more attentive, being able to 
nurture and really cultivate those relationships um, has allowed us to do more business with less people um, and really be able to help in ways that we weren't able to when it was just a numbers game. And we are big on building relationships. We're not just looking to make a sale, not follow through, and somebody just see a number. We really want to partner with our agents, brokers, advisors, learn about their business, find out where their shortcomings may be, where they may need help with bandwidth. Maybe they're not writing a certain line of business. Maybe they're looking to add a line of business and they just don't know how, they don't have the ability or whatever the case may be. And we really try to step in and be that resource for them to help them turn that into a revenue stream. So we work with all types of advisors. And when I say advisors, I mean anybody with a life insurance license, selling life insurance, annuities, disability insurance, long-term care insurance, group benefits, um, PNC, any of those types of things, and really just trying to get in where we fit in. We're not trying to be the great big gorilla on the block. We're not trying to do the most production. If you call any carrier, they're never going to say transcendent planning is our number one IMO or brokerage, but they're going to know that the brokers that we do business with do good business, and that's what's most important to us. We want to make sure that the client is taken care of first and foremost, and then worry about all the additional things. And a lot of times, and you guys may know this well from being in the industry, there's certain things that come up in a conversation first, and the client's not always that. And so for us, we really wanted to make sure that we weren't jamming square pegs into round holes and having sure. business fall off the books or having issues by doing bad business. And so we've really just tried to find... 15, 20, 25 broker partners and really cultivate those relationships and build them into the revenue stream that we've been able to do for the last two years, not only for ourselves, but for our broker partners as well. Very cool. So your day in and day out is really, you know, working with, with brokers, with agents, making sure that they are doing their best work and basically just a support team um, in a lot of different facets, it sounds like. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, you know, there's the case design aspect. Client will bring us a certain client profile, a client client design, and we can run quotes and do the back office and all of that. But where we really shine is finding those opportunities that they may not have thought of. We may, we can do the typical term insurance, the UL, the whole life, all of that sort of stuff. But where we really bring the value is thinking outside the box, asking those questions, finding out more information, and identifying opportunities that the agent may not have known even existed. And so while we have our core group of business that we're doing, we also like to think outside the box and find those additional revenue streams or those additional sales concepts for our broker partners that nobody else is doing. And one thing that we always try to do is get our hands on them as many ways as possible. So if we're working with a broker in three, four, five different facets, that makes them a sticky broker, somebody that's not going to just leave if somebody else offers them five extra basis points or the next best little thing to draw their attention away. There's no relationship there. And so we are big on building relationships so that we don't lose those brokers over a little bit of comp or some other issue. So we really try to make sure that we're cultivating those relationships and excluding the competition by being that one-stop shop. That's very important to us. No, that's great. 
So, you know, as you explain your typical broker, what would be like an ideal scenario? Is it someone that, um, you know, their core operations may not be the insurance side of it, so they're not familiar with, you know, um, being able to fully assist the clients and they have you guys as an additional extension to, uh, you know, as an additional resource that they can provide their clients? Absolutely. Uh, we work in a couple of different ways. One, we work with the very experienced, seasoned veteran, I would say, in the insurance industry. And these are advisors who can take a case from A to D, don't need a lot of assistance, they don't need a lot of help, but they're looking for an outlet for the paperwork, the contracting, the application, the back office, the support to process the business, if there's any underwriting issues, whatever the case may be. We can totally fulfill the back end for the broker. The other aspect or the other way that we can work is, like you said, sort of at a point of sale assistance or as an additional resource or a bandwidth outlet for the broker advisor, whatever you want to refer to them as. I'll just refer to them as brokers to make it easier. But we can handle it from anywhere from we can meet with the client with them, walk them from A to D, ask all the questions, full case design, and partner with them in that true aspect or get involved um, in any level that they feel comfortable or that they need. And so it really depends on what the agent or the broker's comfort level is and how involved in that line of business. We work with the brokers who primarily focus on life insurance. And so we'll try to find additional revenue streams, maybe with long-term care, the link benefit products or rollovers with 401ks for annuities or the disability insurance for um, people who are looking to protect their income or maybe the group benefits, the employee um, benefits, group health, that side of things, if they're working with a business owner or a key decision maker at a company. So really it depends on uh, each broker individually. The great thing about our company is we have those relationships to where we know those brokers, we know what their business looks like, we've done our due diligence, we've asked them those questions. And so we've been able to cultivate the process to fit their specific business model. We don't try to disrupt anything that they're currently doing. We're not telling them to change their whole business model and completely um, do something different or something that they're not comfortable with. We wanna fill those gaps and be that resource where if they don't feel comfortable doing it, they know who to come to. If they have a question on something, they know who to go to. If they need a weird question on, I need a gardener, they can come to us. We wanna be that resource so that no matter what the issue is, they're gonna call me and not the competitor down the street. Because I have to be able to know how to help them by knowing their business. So Eric, back to your philanthropic efforts with the charities, teed up for the little troopers. Give us a rundown on that because I think the SoCal Children's Foundation is an incredible organization. And um, with just, you know, how did you get involved with them originally? Because it's, you've been running this thing for a couple of years now, right? Well, yeah, and I'll just kind of share with you where the philanthropic side of the thing started for myself personally. Uh, my mom was diagnosed with cancer in, 2000, in October of 2013. Uh, unfortunately, she passed of uh, cancer in uh, March of 2014. She went in for what she thought was a kidney stone and found they found stage four uterine cancer. Oh, man. Uh, so I was uh, at my former company. Uh, one of the companies I was speaking about, moved back east to be with her. Um, she lived in Virginia where my parents, where she lived after my parents got divorced. My dad also passed away when I was 13, um, which is one of the reasons I got into the insurance industry, a life insurance agent, 
basically uh, delivered a check to our family and helped save our family and be able to take care of us. And that, so that always stuck with me, which is one of the reasons I got into the insurance game, but I digress. But so my mom uh, passed from cancer. Uh, so when Gavin and my business partner and I started Transcendent Planning uh, in 2018, we actually hosted two charity golf events at Oak Creek Golf Club in Orange County for the FC Cancer Foundation. We wanted to do something to benefit a cancer uh, charity on behalf of my mom. Uh, Gavin, my business partner, his dad also uh, was diagnosed with prostate cancer, which he's currently still battling. So we both have very close ties to the cancer-related uh, charities. So we did two charity events for the FC Cancer Foundation. Last year, uh, Ryan Fox, the founder of the SoCal Children's Foundation, who is also a military veteran, reached out to me to help them with the initial uh, inaugural 2000, uh, I'm sorry, the inaugural 2020 SoCal Children's Foundation charity golf event, which was originally supposed to be in April. Unfortunately, due to COVID and all of the things that are going on, we had to postpone, and now we've reopened it for Thursday, September 10th at Madeira's Golf Club in Poway. And the SoCal Children's Foundation does quarterly events and birthday and Christmas wish lists for military children and families throughout Southern California. And that encompasses Los Angeles County, Inland Empire, Orange County, and San Diego County. So we do these events to be able to give back to the military community, specifically the children who may not have things that others have. A family member may have been deployed on a military leave, they may be deceased, whatever the case may be. So we try to provide them with educational fun events throughout the year to be able to give them memories and something to remember to put a smile on their face. The birthday and Christmas wish list, we get them whatever they want. Uh, kids will put down random things and we try to provide them with whatever we can. And so the 2020 uh, Tee It Up for Little Troopers charity golf event at Madera's Golf Club on Thursday, September 10th, is our big fundraising event for the year. Obviously, the charity was hit pretty hard with COVID and everything going on. So we wanted to do something to be able to have a fourth quarter event that was really memorable for all of the children and the families involved with the SoCal Children's Foundation. And so the charity event is going to be a tremendous time. Uh, we've got contests, we've got awards, we've got opportunities for food and drinks, people to win prizes. Uh, but there's also two cool things that I really want to mention that I think for people who don't golf or aren't able to make the event, or if they just want to help in any way where they can really help us in the uh, efforts for fundraising. The first is we're having a helicopter ball drop. Nice. After the event at the awards banquet, we are going to have a, mil uh, we're trying to get a military helicopter from Camp Pendleton to do the, hel uh, the helicopter ball drop for the event. And this is open to anybody. You don't have to be present at the event to win. You don't have to be there. You can purchase tickets through the website. Uh, we're also having a contest for people for fundraising. If they want to win a little prize, there's a grand prize for the biggest uh, contest winner who sells the most ball drops and will be announced at the event. There's actually a leaderboard on the website. And anytime a ball is sold, the leaderboard will be adjusted so you can track it and see who sold the most and kind of gauge it that way. So that's a really fun way for people to be able to participate, even if they're not able to make it to the event, they don't golf, and they just want to be able to help out. 
plus they can win a little bit of money. So the way it works is we're going to do a 50-50 split with the charity on the total amount of the ball drop purse. And then we're going to do a 60-30-10 for first, second, and third for the closest balls to the pin that are dropped. So for an example, say there's three balls in the hole, we're going to do a 33-33-34 split. So it really depends on where the balls fall and how it goes. But it's a really fun way for people to get involved if they don't call or can't make the event. The other one, which is very special and near, to, uh, near and dear to myself and something, uh, I'll give credit to my wife who came up with this idea, uh, is to donate a round to a military veteran. Very so cool. there's the ability on the website for people to purchase a round for a military veteran to be able to participate in the event free of charge. And what we're doing is we're setting aside a certain amount of spots in the event for mili local military veterans to be able to participate in the event free of charge. And so we're asking people if you can to buy one, two, however many that you can do um, entry fees for the military veterans so that we can invite them to the event. There's going to be pictures. There's going to be a little activities at the awards banquet and some mentions of people and things of that nature. So that, to me, being a military veteran and us being a military charity is something uh, that's near and dear to me and something that would really uh, mean a lot if people could participate in that. So those are two great ways that people can participate if they aren't able to golf, if they aren't able to make the event or if they don't golf. Obviously, if you're a golfer, we'd love for you to come out. We've got individual uh, golfer spots. We've got foursomes available. Uh, we've also got sponsorship levels for companies who are looking to market or get their products and services in front of people or just help the cause out in a way by helping to uh, sponsor the event. We do have an early bird special through July 1st, uh, which for anybody who registers for the event, and this is for golfers and sponsors, they're going to receive upon arrival one tailor-made wedge, which will be either a sand wedge or a, I think a sand wedge, not sure the loft, but it'll be a free sand wedge from tailor-made. They'll receive one dozen premium golf balls, whether we're working, whether it's a Titleist or tailor-made on that. And then they're also going to be entered into a free drawing for a foursome at Torrey Pines uh, at a time that they decide to choose if they win the drawing. So there's certain uh, stipulations with Torrey Pines on when you can book the reservations and tea times and things like that. But we'll coordinate that with them, but that'll be free of charge as well. So we really encourage people to participate, whether it's through um, donations, uh, buying entry fee for a military veteran, the ball drop, or just um, playing in the event. We really just want to have people come out. There's going to be food trucks. We're going to have a golf trip as our grand prize hole-in-one contest. We're going to have a local car dealership with a hole-in-one for a car available. We're going to have men's and women's long drives and closest to the pen. Uh, there's going to be an air cannon contest with a big potato gun that shoots a golf ball almost 400 yards and the closest to the pin on the hole there. So it's really going to be a fun event. And at the end of the day, uh, I played in a lot of charity events and I've really cut all of the fat, so to speak, and made it a fun, fun day for everybody. The entry fee that you pay for the event is what you pay. There's no additional cost. There's no out on the course cost. There's no, you know, pay to play, do this. There's no what it is is what it is, and we just want everybody to come out and have a great time and support a tremendous cause. Very cool, man. Fantastic. And, I, you know, you've obviously given this a lot of thought, and I know, like, Amir and I were talking a little bit earlier, we both played in some of these charity events, 
And uh, you've really, like you said, I think you've you've hit the things that people enjoy the most there. And and I think thinking outside the box, sponsoring a golfer like that for the, uh, you know, the military veterans. There's another charity in town called uh, uh, Operation Game On, which is for golf or military vets who are dealing with PTSD through golf. So I don't know. It could be a good marriage there. Maybe get some of those guys involved and maybe allow them to be the sponsored guest if if you need people. I don't know. But uh, just thinking outside. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're always looking for people um, until the registration turned off on the website or it says it's sold out. We've got availability. So um, come one, come all, the more the merrier. We're also hosting an awards banquet afterwards um, for the prizes. There's going to be speaking time. We're going to mention sponsors. We're going to be thanking some of the participants and doing some fun stuff. And then the ball drop will be then as well or will be at that time as well. Uh, I did want to mention we do have contingency plans in place. Obviously, uh, things are very fluid and unsure right now. So we do have contingency plans in place if things were for some unknown reason uh, to be pushed back. And everything is 100% refundable. So if the event gets canceled, if things don't go forward, whatever the case may be, we do offer 100% uh, refund on the event. Uh, and then also the other thing I didn't mention earlier, but uh, all donations, anything provided to the event is 100% tax deductible, and it goes towards the charity, and it's a 501c3. We have our tax ID number. We can provide receipts, all of that type of stuff, so all the formalities uh, in regards to a charity for anybody who wants that for tax purposes, we're able to facilitate that as well. well that's great, Eric. Uh, sounds like an amazing day. Um, I know, like I mentioned, Lee and I, we try to get to some of these events, and um, we're looking forward to this one. It sounds like it's going to be an, uh, an amazing time. And um, people don't realize, I mean, you know, it's not just fun putting together a golf tournament. It's a lot of work, a lot of planning. I mean, there's so many different things that you got to tie into and just have it all work out. Um, I'm sure you're probably pretty good at uh, party planning after uh, working on these, uh, on these tournaments. You know, it's funny. Uh, after the, this is my third year of doing them, and you get better and better after every year. The first year, I will be honest with you, was the most non-fun I've had in a long time <laughs> doing something fun. Uh, I didn't realize what was involved. I didn't realize all of the moving parts, all of the nuances that go into an event or a golf event, sort of the food, the beverage, the on-course stuff, the logistics, the whole signs, the sponsorships, this, that. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. And year after year, you get better. Um, one thing that I've really gotten better at is asking for help. Uh, I've tried to do a lot of it on my own and I've tried to do a lot because I'm very uh, passionate about it, but I've also learned that I can't do it all on my own. So I've got a sponsorship committee this year. I've got people out there. I've got fundraisers. I've got volunteers. Um, that's the other thing. If people are interested in participating and they want to volunteer uh, to come to the event and uh, help with registration, help with different aspects. We are currently looking for some volunteers. So anybody who's open to volunteering or helping out in that aspect, we'd love to have you come by and volunteer. It won't be an all day a thing. Food and drinks will be provided. We'll also have uh, pullovers or a polo shirt for all of the volunteers uh, so that they're recognized. We'll take care of them. But uh, that's another way that people can get involved if they want to. That man, you've you've definitely got your hands full. And I think that, you know, asking for help is not always easy, especially with something like this, right? So I'm glad you are doing that. And we are going to, you know, blast this out on all of our channels 
and see if we can help get you as much registration as possible. And, uh, you know, I think we, we spoke personally. I'm happy to help with the ball drop because I think that's a no. It's, it's a really cool thing. And there's so many different ways to get creative just with that. So um, we're here to help and, and def definitely help your, make your event a success, man. So good luck, and uh, we'll see you out there for sure. Perfect. Well, we do appreciate it. Um, one thing I will uh, leave you guys with for the ball drop is that I forgot to mention, there is an opportunity if people want to do some fundraising of their own where we can actually donate a portion of each ball um, to a specific fund or charity of their choice. Very cool. Um, sort of the, I hate to say, I use the school fundraising uh, analogy, but a lot of times Kids will sell stuff for schools, and a portion of it will go there, and then they have a portion go here. So we're offering anybody who wants to offer the ball drop as a fundraising where we can do a monetary per ball number to go towards a specific uh, charity or foundation that they want. The other thing uh, that I didn't mention, and I'll mention last before we get off here, is with everything that's going on in the world today, uh, we wanted to do something different. The SoCal Children's Foundation takes care of families of all different colors, races, uh, we don't care. We take care of everybody. So we've actually decided to donate 10% of the net proceeds of the event to a local Black Lives, Black Lives Matter charity. Uh, it's something that's uh, very important to us. We realize that everybody matters, doesn't matter who they are. So we really wanted to make sure that we're able to do something specifically uh, to help with what's going on in the world today. So we're going to be donating 10% of the net proceeds. I think it's up on the website as well. So if anybody knows of a, a local uh, Black Lives Matter charity, the uh, way that they can get involved, obviously we would like uh, veteran owned if possible, but we don't want to get too specific or picky. Uh, but we really want to do something to make a difference. And so we've decided to not only do 10% of the events for this year moving forward, but we would also like to partner with them ongoing and do 10% of any of our fundraising events uh, moving forward to that specific charity. So that's the last that I'll mention, the last thing I'll mention. There's a lot of things, as you can see, going on. So um, we just are looking for participation and involvement, and we really just want to make this event the best that we possibly can so that we can make the end of the year the best as possible for the military children and families of the foundation and anybody involved in any of the other philanthropic endeavors that people are partnering with us in. Eric, that's amazing, man. I, I got to tell you, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, a lot of people want to do well, they want to help out, but it's just tough to get going. It's tough to take that initiative. We're also busy kind of doing our day to day that we want to do well, but we just can't get around to putting something like this together. So, I mean, so for our listeners out there, what's the best way for them to be able to contact you or get in touch with you? Because, um, I mean, this is something that, you know, people should get behind. It's an easy way to get, you know, out there and help people that need help. You know, I think a lot of what was lost with this whole COVID thing is charities, um, fundraising, volunteer work that was helping a lot of people just disappeared because of the fact that we just couldn't Good get point. together a great point. to help people and to do these things. So, um, so there's a lot of, there's, there's a gap there. And, and I don't know if that gap has been filled while we're still doing this social distancing or we still try to, you know, bend the curve and, and proceed, but absolutely, man. So what's, what would be the best way for people to, to contact you? Is there a website? I don't know if you want to do the charity or the transcendent planning, but the platform's yours. I will say if they're interested in checking out the event, we do have an event website, which is www.charityvalet backslash little troopers. 
And so it's www.charityvalet backslash little troopers. And that will take you to the event page. It's got all of the information on all of the contests, sponsorship levels, ways you can donate, all of the information uh, is all in one place. Feel free to take a look at it, call, email. You can also reach out obviously to Lee and other people who are involved in helping me out if you have a relationship with them or Amir, we would be more than happy to talk uh, and just wanna have people get involved in any way possible. So I'd like to personally thank you guys as well for myself as well as for the uh, foundation for having me on the podcast and being able to not only talk about my business, uh, but more importantly for me right now is to talk about the uh, charity work and the foundation's golf uh, tournament coming up in September. I think it's a great event. One of the nice things about golf is you're able to do it in this sort of environment. Uh, They've opened up golf courses. It's a little bit easier with social distancing. You're not inside. You're not as hindered in regards to some of the things uh, or other events that people may have not been able to do. So we really are finding that this golf event and that this could be a really good thing uh, to get people out of the house. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't know about you guys, but um, I have type 2 diabetes, so I've been in the house for uh, the last 60, 90 days, whatever it is, going out sparingly. And so for me, I'm looking forward to it. I want to be able to get out again. I obviously know that we got to be safe and we're going to take those steps and the precautions and keep up with what's going on. But we really want to make sure that it's something that people look forward to. And so we're trying to make it as fun as possible so that come September, which this event's right after Labor Day weekend, um, people have something to look forward to to be able to celebrate. So we're really hoping to put a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces. Well, I know I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a great day. And, uh, man, thank you again for taking the time uh, to, to hop on here with us, share what you're doing. I think it's very important. And, um, you know, I love what, Amir, what you said there about the gap being filled. I think this this starts a, us down the right path. And, uh, man, just thank you both for the time today. This has been great. And, uh, you know, Godspeed. Thanks, have, Eric. Have a wonderful day. And we'll, we'll Absolutely. Catch you thank you, you guys again. Um, and appreciate it. Awesome. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. Well, listeners, thank you for taking the time to join us today and learn about Eric Nielsen and the great things that he's doing for this planet. We hope this podcast finds you well. And remember, do your part, smile, be kind, make the world a better place. Much love, and we hope to see you soon.